Good morning. Good to see you. Father, thank you for your servants who have chosen your destiny for their lives and not followed their own plans. Speak to us today through your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the next four weeks, we're going to look at, as we start our Christmas series, four questions that the various personalities in the Christmas story had to answer. Next week, I'm going to talk about next week's, we're going to look at what questions determine Joseph's destiny. The next week after that, we're going to look at the wise men, and finally, we're going to look at the innkeeper. The question we're going to look at today is what a very special lady called Mary had to face. Now, there are a few questions and misconceptions, actually, about Mary that we need to clear up. And it's good to clear them up. First, it's very clear from the Scriptures that Mary was not perfect. Nobody's perfect apart from God. Second, Mary was not sinless. Again, only Jesus Christ. And thirdly, very importantly, Mary was definitely not God. Nowhere in the Bible are we ever told to pray to Mary or worship Mary. Now, some church traditions say yes, but you'll not find that in the Bible. But what made Mary very special is that she was willing to accept the destiny that God had for her. She was willing to trust God in times which didn't make a shred of sense. And the Bible picks up the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says this, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. You can go there today. It's about an hour, 20 minutes drive from Galilee. To a virgin engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel said to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. So it's okay. Mary was highly favored. The Lord is with you. Then it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and wondered, what kind of greeting would this be? See, Mary was very, very young. I just went to a wedding. Yesterday, the day before yesterday, the bride there was 19. I want you to know, in this case, Mary was extremely young, because marriages were typically arranged in those days. You could actually get engaged at 13 years old there, You'd be probably married about up to around 15, 16 is normal. And one reason why people got married really young in the Bible days is you didn't live very long. So you got on with the job. So one day, God shows up in terms of an angel, and, he's, and the angel says, Hey, Mary, God has an amazing plan he's going to fulfill through you. So God has a plan. He fulfills it through you. God is going to send a Savior into the world in a human form, born into this world like everybody else, and you are going to be the mum without having sex. And Mary goes, me? But I'm a teenager. 
And the Bible says in this verse, Mary, look at it, it says, was greatly troubled, as you probably would be. She's scared spitless. She doesn't know what to think, and she has no clue who to tell about what's going on. She says, I'm going to have a baby. Who are you going to tell us to? Without having sex, and the baby's going to be God? They don't think I'm mad, stark raving, mad. Nobody's going to believe me. My mum sure isn't going to believe me. My girlfriend sure as heck aren't going to believe me. Because this is unheard of. And certainly, and probably most scarily, Joseph isn't going to believe me. Feel that for a minute. She knows nobody's going to believe her. Then, carrying on, Luke 1.30, from the NIV version, then the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will be with child and give birth to a son. And you, notice, are to give him the name Jesus. Very specific. Not John, not Peter, not Paul. Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of God, and will give him the throne of David. That's the code word for Messiah. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, not like earthly kingdoms, or earthly governments, will never end. Never heard of that before. Now why did God choose Mary? Over all the women in the world. Why Mary? Why this young girl? It certainly wasn't because of her education or her degrees. She had no education. It was not because of her splendiferent wealth. She had none. She was a poor peasant girl. And it certainly wasn't because of her maturity. She was barely a teenager. So why did God choose Mary? He chose her because she would trust God completely and she was willing to accept God's destiny for her even though it meant hardship and misunderstanding and criticism. Can't you hear them now? Can't you hear them? You're pregnant and you didn't have sex? Yeah, right. There are words for people like that and they use them. Nobody would understand it, but Mary was willing to accept, in spite of all that, God's destiny for her. So let me just clear aside a whacking great myth that God's will for your life will be a lay-down Messiah. The Bible says this, Jesus says this, whilst you're on earth, you will have trouble. But, that's the bad news, here's the good news, here's the good news. But, whilst you're on earth, you will have trouble. But, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So she was going to have those hardships and misunderstandings, but the Bible also lovely, um, amazingly mentions Elizabeth, Mary's aunt, who was getting older, and she hadn't been able to conceive. 
for years. And that's painful too. And in the middle of her own miraculous, she was in the middle of her own miraculous birth, and that was eventually going to be John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. So it was just like God to provide a relative who in this case will be the one person who would understand her miracle. So Mary goes to Elizabeth's house to live for a few months. Not a bad thought, because it's probably going to be pretty hot at home. And here's Mary's response to the angel. Luke one thirty-eight. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am, this is key, willing to accept whatever he wants. You know, whilst I was sitting here listening to Graham and Helen today, I'm going to tell you, Graham got me through my university algebra and calculus. He's a very humble guy. He could have had any job he wanted. He's a smart computer programmer, great accountant. He could be on six-figure salary. That's the truth. It is the truth. This man and this woman have counted the cost. They've counted the cost. They need to be honored. They've done it. Graham and Helen were willing to accept whatever he wanted, but he used their talents. He says, I'm the Lord's servant, and I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. Here's the question, are you? May everything you have said come true, and then the angel left. So why did Mary say yes to God's destiny for her? It was going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Graham and Helen. They've had their tough times. I know. Anybody that follows after the Lord's plan will have tough times, but be of good cheer. Why did Mary say yes in spite of all the fears and all the doubts? Well, here's a beautiful answer to that. Mary wrote a song that tells us five reasons. Mary wrote a song. You know that? Yeah, yeah. Open your Bible. It's there. She wrote a song that tells us five reasons for why she accepted God's destiny for her life. Mary's song covers around about ten verses. And it starts in Luke chapter 1. And Mary's poem and song is known in some circles as the Magnificat. It's been used as a basis for all kinds of operas and thousands of songs, thousands of songs have been inspired by this young teenage girl and her song. And on your outline, you'll find five reasons why she accepted God's destiny for her life. And the same five reasons are the same five reasons you should accept God's destiny for your best. It's better than anything else that you or anybody else will ever come up for. You may want to write these down. Number one is because God made me for a purpose. You see, you are God's idea. You are designed by him. You are crafted by him for a specific purpose. That is your destiny. He had that in mind when he made you. And God never makes anything without a purpose. He made you for a purpose, and that's a destiny. Who knows more about you than God? Nobody does. So not only did God create you and formed you, he sent a Savior, Jesus, to save you. And even though God has a destiny for your life, here's something interesting. He does not, this is not his style, he does not force you against your will. He has a destiny, and you have a choice. You either follow his destiny, or you just follow your own way and your plan for your life. 
And then you'll find that eventually, when you go far enough down that road, you'll blow it. But the good news is he sent Jesus to save you. He didn't just make you, he wants to save you. And Luke 146, Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary says, I'm not doing this reluctantly. I'm not following God's plan because I have to, but because I want to. I'm eager and expectant, and I'm rejoicing. See, rejoicing. So when it comes to planning your life, some of you are 30, some of you are 13, some of you are 53, some of you are 83. But when it comes to planning your life, some Christians act like atheists. How so? Well, after they readily accept God's plan of salvation for their lives, they think, well, now I've taken care of that, I can just go out and live my life any way I want to. Friends, do you really think that's what God had in mind? You are a living sacrifice. Graham and Helen today are examples of living sacrifices. They have talents and skills and abilities that they've sacrificed to give to the king and put it in his hands. God did not put you on the planet to live for yourself without a purpose. Psalm 100 verse 3 says this. Know that. Hey, it says, church, friends, family, know this. One, the Lord is God. No dispute there. Two, he made us. That's true. Three, we belong to him. And we are his people. We're not our own. Who better to trust your destiny with than your maker? She got that. Mary got that. Two, accepting God's destiny for my life is best because no one cares more about my life. No one. Willie Nelson, an old crooner, used to sing a song. And it said, maybe I wasn't there for you, but you were always on my mind. Remember that song by Willie Nelson? You're always on my mind. Actually, no. That's not true. You may say, I love my wife and I love my children, but friends, you are not always thinking about them. But because God's love is perfect, he is always thinking of you. Notice these verses. Psalm 111, verse 15. Excuse me, 115, verse 12. The Lord is constantly thinking about us, and he'll surely bless us. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give God all your worries and cares, for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Friends, the point is God is never busy. He doesn't forget you. You're on his mind. Now, Mary accepted her destiny because she knew God was looking out for her. And if God's looking out for you, it encourages you. You don't get discouraged. Luke 1, 48. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He's aware, he's alert, he's attentive, and he's focused. He notices everything. Nothing passes or misses his attention. So when nobody else, friend, is paying attention to you, Jesus is paying attention to you. Matthew, we talked about this last week, Matthew 10, 29, not a single even, not even a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. Because and even the very hairs on your arms or head 
are numbered. You don't even know how many hairs you have in your ear. And there are very few there compared to your head. He does. So, accepting God's destiny for my life is best because it is also the key to blessing. God isn't going to bless your plans for your life if you're going in the opposite direction to God. Mary knew that faith and obedience, faith and obedience are key to God's blessing. Luke 1. From now on, every generation will call me blessed, and we do. For he, the mighty one, is holy, and he has done great things for me. And God will show mercy to every generation who what? Worship and serve him. So Mary's thinking, if I accept God's plan, I'm going to be incredibly blessed. What God is going to do through me will never be forgotten. Now, maybe you think that's only true for Mary. Maybe that's what you think. But you will be wrong. What you do with your life on earth will be remembered for eternity. Let me say that again. What you do with your life on earth will be remembered for eternity. Probably not on earth. You may think that what you do is insignificant on this earth. This earth is a blip compared to eternity. That's why you need to be careful to make your life count, young ones, middle-aged ones, and senior saints. Question, could, could Mary have said no to God's plan? Absolutely. God never overrides our free will. God doesn't force his plan on us. He gives us a choice because he wants us to follow him because we love him. And forced choice is not love. God could have made you like a puppet, an automaton who has no choice. See, you can choose to love God or not to love God, to follow his plan or not to follow his plan, to choose God's destiny before my life, or you can miss your destiny. And God's plan. That is entirely your choice. But there are eternal implications of choice. Let me say it this way. I always say to my kids, you are free to choose what you want, but you are not free to choose the consequences of those decisions. They come with it. When a man sows that shall he reap. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. This is the day, and this excuse me, this day I have set before you life or death, blessings or cursings. Now choose life. So that you and your children may live. See, here's another point. Your choices affect the next generation. Don't forget that, mum and dad. Some of you here today are considering even if there is a God. Or perhaps you're considering, some of you are just watching other Christians, taking steps of faith in their walk with God. while sitting on the sidelines yourself. Perhaps today you've seen just even a living example right here of Graham and Helen. Last week it was Graham and Kalia. Glenn and Kalia. Too many G's around the place. <laughs> Glenn and Kalia. Last week, again, using their life for kingdom's purposes. If you sit on the sidelines and just watch, God says, get in the game. It's a huge mistake. How do I say that? Because James 4.17 says this. Remember, to know what you ought to do, 
and then not do it, to you it is sin. So knowing what to do and not doing it, it is sin. And you can miss, literally, the opportunity of a lifetime. So easy. One day in heaven, you are going to wonder, what on earth was I thinking? Or what was I thinking when I was on earth? Number four, I need to accept God's destiny for my life, like Mary, because God honors humility. That's an axiom you can take to eternity. It never changes. It takes humility to say, God, I'm going to go with your plan, not my plan. See, pride and arrogance say, forget you, God. I'll kind of put up this facade, but I'm going to get on with what I want in my life. But the Bible says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And before honor is humility. So it also says humble yourself and he will lift you up. But it all starts with humility. Mary mentions this in Luke 150 through 53. He has displayed his power with many mighty deeds, but scattered the people who are proud and think that they are the great ones. He has brought down mighty rulers from their thrones, but has raised up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but the rich he has sent away with nothing. Notice the great reversals. There's multiple reversals in that verse. The way God thinks is not the same. Now Mary was about 13, 14 when she wrote this song. Here's a challenge that bit me. It's quite a song because she strings together at least 10 Old Testament verses and 17 attributes of God. Point. She knew the word of God. Do you or would you have known enough scripture at 13 to write this song? You need to study the word of God. You need to memorize it, to capture it, to write it. I encourage everybody that comes to New Hope, write things down. Under, I was just going through my mum's stuff the other day. We just got rid of 21 trash sacks, it sounds bad, of things. She wrote everything, underlined. She kept big in business. All the felt pens, highlighting, underlying. She wanted to learn lots about the eternal Savior. One of the things you may want to do is get a head start on your 2017 through the Bible plan. Some of you have never read through the Bible. Maybe that's one of your goals next year. Some of you, it may be the New Testament. Why not read the New Testament? from Straight through. It doesn't take long. You can do it in one month, doing 15 minutes a day. Most of you could afford 15 minutes a day. Number five, why should I accept God's destiny for my life? Because God keeps his promises. This is a huge theme in Mary's song. God is faithful. We sung about that today. He can be counted on. Luke 1, he has kept the promise he made to our ancestors. What was that? That he would send a savior. He kept that. And he's come to the help of his servant Israel. He's remembered that he... And, he doesn't forget, remember, he remembers to show mercy to Abraham and to all his descendants, all his descendants forever. What is she talking about? 
Well, first, God made a promise to Abraham 2,000 years earlier. That's about 4,000-ish years from today. And God says to Abraham, one day I'm going to send a saviour through your family line to save the entire world from their sins. Now, Mary knew about that story being promised thousands of years earlier. Point. God always keeps his promises. People are fickle. God is faithful. And thousands of years even before Abraham, about 2,000 years before him, God had an amazing plan that he prophesied. Actually, right back in Genesis chapter 3, about what was going to happen. About a seed of a woman crushing the serpent's head. And that was the first prophecy of the virgin birth. Because remember, in the Bible, most of the time it talks about the seed, it's always talking about a man for obvious reasons. But the only time in the Bible it talks about the seed of a woman, never ever spoke of, that was speaking of a virgin birth back then and how he would crush the plans of the enemy. Also, Jesus fulfills his promise here in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Here we go again. Behold a virgin, very specific, a virgin, hundreds of years before Jesus, shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called, excuse me, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God, that means God with us. Amazing. The destiny of Mary's life began before she was born, and the same is true for you. God has planned your destiny before he even created the world in the same way that before the beginning of the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. The question is, will you accept God's destiny for your life? Will you surrender your plans and say, God, mine is second class, third, fourth class. I want yours, which are first class. Will you choose your, his destiny for your life? Let's pray. Would you just bow your heads with me as we pray? Today I want you to consider praying a prayer of surrender. And I'm going to invite you to pray this. First question I'd ask is, will you accept God's destiny for your life? Just like Mary did. The one that he planned for you before you were even born. Or are you going to continue to go with your plan? Father, today we surrender humbly to your plan for our lives. We realize that you made us for a purpose, your purposes. And today we realize by looking at your word that nobody cares more for us than you. And we know that going with your plan is the key to blessing in this life and the life to come. So today we humble ourselves before you, knowing that you honor and respond to humility. Thank you that you keep your promises. We want to fulfill our destinies. And today we make a faith commitment to you to use our lives for your purposes, just like Mary did. Some of you here today don't understand all that's going to be involved. We don't either. But we say to you, Jesus, in advance, take our lives. We trust you with them.
We ask you to save us, change us, and help us follow the plan that you have for us from this day forward. In your name we pray.